2: All right, get your helmets on. Let's go, let's go. It's time to
1: hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. It's the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick and save stores. I feel that chill, smell that fresh coat.
2: Hey,
1: hey. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan.
2: Boys are
1: and the fans' high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern.
2: Uh, welcome to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host. He's the athletic director at Muskego, former head football coach at El Played his high school ball at Wanakee, played his college football at Stevens Point. And uh, all-around good guy for the most part. Just don't tick him off, man. Ryan McMillan. How you doing, Ryan? (laughs) I'm good, Mike. Thanks for that intro. That was nice. (laughs) Yeah, you you are welcome. You are welcome. Hey, so let me run down today's show. 1015, Joe Labuda, head football coach of Menominee, is going to join us for two segments. At 1045, Chris McDaniels. He's the AD at Kakauna. Will join us. 11 o'clock, Patrick Barron from Fastback Physical Therapy. And they're a partner with us on this show. And we're going to talk to him about... You know, the start and stop things. If kids play in the spring football, how hard is it physically for them then to turn around? If they're a sophomore or junior, they have to turn around a couple months and get ready for another season. Matt Hensler, head coach at Lake Geneva Badger. Man, they had a big meeting on Monday, and uh, Lake Geneva Badger's playing fall football, and Hensler's awfully excited about that. 1130, Jim Norris, head football coach at Grafton. Some things going on out there we're going to ask Jim about. You know, they want to play. And they might have to move and, and maybe play a year in a different conference. We're going to find out exactly what's going on with them. And at 11.45 for a couple of minutes, our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. It is uh, the Mosquito Girls Golf Team. You know what? i got to get out of my comfort level, and we're going with some different teams until football starts. And we're going to talk to the head coach of the Mosquito Girls Golf Team at 11.45 for a couple of minutes. Hey, Ryan, every week I try to make sure that we have some time for you and I to talk and don't book the entire show. In this first segment, things change almost on a daily basis with what's going on. And looking at at, uh, Travis Wilson, and and he put out, um, you know, who's playing in the fall, who's going to play in the spring, and there are some schools that have not checked anything yet. And I'm wondering, for this week, how has it been as the AD for Muskego? Your conference is all set. So you guys are going fine. But when you send, you know, you look at some of the other conferences, like the information that you had sent me um, on that, I think it's the Big Rivers Conference where, look, they're like, hey, look, you know what, Eau Claire doesn't want to play. That's fine. We're going to move on without them. And wondering uh, how your week was as the AD at Muskego. Yeah, no, the week was good. Uh, very busy. You know, you
3: got a lot of the, the school staff and things coming back in. So there are some other um, stress is put on you outside of athletics, but the one thing I would say to Travis Wilson's uh, post, I can honestly tell you I didn't fill out that uh, spring sports, fall sports declaration until uh, late yesterday, because uh, that's when we finally got around to it as we, again, continue to navigate the, the landscape and um, find out where everybody is, and, and our conference has been solid, we've been solid for about Uh, you know two weeks now at least I kind of feel that way but you just never know how things will change and ebb and flow and uh, we were a little guarded on you know what could change or not change as we got towards the back half of this week as we watched places like Lake Geneva have their board meeting Uh, we heard other things out of you know the the woodland the parkland the North Shore uh, as things were kind of changing, um, or rumors of changes coming from there, so we just we were a little concerned that uh, we are all set. We just hope we weren't going to be the last man standing in the Milwaukee area as time moved forward.
2: And it's kind of at this point, you know, if if people they, these schools and teams have to make their decision if they if they want to play in. And I thought a couple of weeks ago when you know you had said, hey, look. Here's the deal. Like, I, I'm not really happy that the WIA gave people an option. It would have been nice to say, okay, play in the fall and keep this alternative schedule in your back pocket to say, okay, if things don't work out, all right, it's not working out right now, then shut it down and we have this alternative schedule. By them saying you can choose one way or the other, I think has given some superintendents and some, some um, certainly principals and athletic directors the option to say, "Hey, let's just kick it down the down the road, kick the can down the road, and hope we get a chance to play in the spring."
3: Yeah, and, and that's the tough part about all of this and where we're at is is a lot of people have kicked that can down the road in a lot of different facets of society when it comes time to to make decisions and or uh, lead on on various different issues. And you know, the hard part is is putting putting the political conveniences aside and, and leading for what is right and trying to, um, in this instance, uh, put the kids first and make decisions in the best interest of the kids, um, that was tough. And the hardest part for me with all of this is, is watching our state be divided. Uh, it would have been nice for us to have a unified front and for all of us to have said you know, we're all going to give it a try, or we're not. You know, one way or the other, at least we'd be unified. Right. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the the latter, but um, you know, in best interest of kids. But if we could give this thing a try all together and lean on one another and help one another, and maybe have, you know, statewide conference calls and this, that, and the next thing, and processing through the new guidelines that came through, and what are other little things that we're picking up from other states and you know, you know, you start uh, watching some of these high school football games on TV that were on ESPN last night, which I can honestly tell you is probably the uh, one of the brighter points of the week. It was just kind of refreshing to see mitigation strategies being put into action. You know, little things like the, the team box is going from the 10-yard line to the 10-yard line so that kids in the sideline can spread out and socially distance throughout the course of a game. Um, it was unique to see, but it was good to see because kids were out there competing. They were, they were healthy, and they were playing football and doing what they really love and, and, and keeping their hearts and mind engaged in every day. So that, that was cool.
2: Yeah, it was cool. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to, to get going. I, I can tell you this, that um, I got a call from, my, from the people at Thursday Night Lights, and uh, I'm not going to be on the sidelines this year. And so I'm going to miss that. A lot, and and talking to Pete Monfrey and Paul Rudolph, they said, "Look, we're not going to be able to have our sponsors out. And part of what you do is interview our sponsors, and we're going to have to we we have to cut back a little bit because we lost a few sponsors. And for a year, we're going to ask you not be on the sidelines. We'll do everything from up in the booth. And I'm going to miss being on the sidelines, but I certainly understand what they're doing, and they're looking now to do a six a six Game schedule is what I think they're going to try to accomplish. And once the schedules get set, they'll start to look for games. And uh, I'll be watching that game every Thursday night because I'll miss being over there with those guys. I think they do a really good job, and, and I look forward to getting back with them, you know, a year from now. Other uh, Conferences, Ryan, we've talked about this because we had uh, Scott Holleran from Oak Creek. Um and some other ads that said we're not quite sure for where we're going to stand on having media at games. Um, for my Friday night scoreboard show, I want to be able to have my my stringers out at games, and they can stand, you know, way in the in the in the end zone if that's where we need them to be. But I think it's important that media people that we do as good a job as we can to get people scores of the games that they want.
3: Well, and I think the important part about media is, and what some people forget is. The media tells the story of the student-athlete and tells a lot of times the story of the school district I I can't tell you how many times um, Some positive out of athletics has led into a promotion of what our school district can do academically or has done or Or is doing and and those are the cool pieces about having uh, Having the media out on site and and letting them tell the story and a lot of people are going to stay home and stay safe And that's okay, and that's that's actually what's encouraged right, but if we can get media members to come through, follow mitigation strategies, socially distance, and stay safe while doing their job, and tell the story for the general public, that'd be great.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm all hey, for it. Hey, <clears throat> Ryan, half half of those silent reporter guys I have, they don't they don't want to talk to anybody anyway. They just want to watch the game and stay off by themselves and and call in and tell us what's going on. So that I think we'll be able to work that out just fine. Um, question for you, and I've gotten this a number of times this week. And I said, hey, I'll ask Ryan, when when if you have a parent or you have somebody that that contacts you at at Muskego and says, hey, look, we we just don't think this is safe for 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 kids to be playing high school football. And if we save one kid from getting sick and getting COVID, you know, we've done our job. What do you say to those people that that uh, that bring that up?
3: Again, I, I totally respect that, and, and I will respect expect their opinions. And, and if they have a son or a daughter that's involved in any of the programming and they choose not to engage, uh, I'm totally cool with that. On the other side of the coin, though, uh, we are going to follow every mitigation uh, strategy we possibly can, and we are going to provide programming because here's the other thing I know is the the at-risk behaviors uh, with adolescence, you know, opiate use, drinking, um, you know, some of the, you know, behavioral choices that kids can make, uh, those are pretty much undefeated when it comes to taking over an adolescent's life and having a drastic impact and the negative on them. Uh, and that's hard to get, once a kid goes down that road, it's hard to pull them back. Amen. Um, yep. The hard part with the data on coronavirus and specifically COVID-19 in our younger people is coronavirus is not undefeated against our younger people, and our their immune systems have been doing a great job. And it's not going to be 100%. Um, last I checked, there were zero deaths in the state. We don't want to lose anybody. Obviously, one is too many. However, with all that being said, we go back to the parents and allow the parents and the student athlete in particular to accept the risk of the programming and engaging in the programming or not. And we're going to try and make it as safe as we possibly can and control every variable that we possibly can but at the end of the day, those people that are engaging in the programming are accepting that risk and, and making the choice to engage. And we aren't forcing anybody. And we're trying to connect those that don't want the in-person connection, but they still kind of want to be a part of the team. We've set up some unique little virtual check-ins and interactions with team members and self-workouts and some of that other stuff to uh, to keep those folks going. And, and respect the opinions of those families that, uh, that are
2: on the other side of the coin. Yeah, and, and that's a really good answer. And I think that... You know, and we've had this discussion, and and in the future we're going to have on uh, some guys that can can address this better than you and I can. Uh, but the, the the whole mental part of of this, and and the mental health of these student athletes, is you know how important is that into this whole equation, and and that's what. What a lot of people like Ryan McMillan and the people that are are pushing to let's let's get this thing started. Let's get these kids, you know, together exercising on the field, you know, doing what they what we should be doing this time of year. Um, And that's a big part of why they believe the way they believe. And and we're going to talk more about that uh, throughout the show. Certainly, Joe Labuda who's the head coach at Menominee. And, and I asked him for two segments, Ryan, because man, this guy's got a lot to say and he's really entertaining. He's been around a long time and does a great job at Menominee high school. And, and, uh, he's got some really good ideas, I think on, on how to keep this thing going and why it's important in their community for these kids to be playing football. And, and I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to Joe or have a chance to, to meet him, but man, he, uh, he doesn't shy away from from saying what's on his mind. Yeah, he should be uh, he should be a lot of fun, and he's going to provide great perspective
3: into that northwest corner of the state. and And they've had some changes, they've had some uh, protests in certain communities to let kids play and everything in between. So uh, I'm sure he's tapped into all of that. And he's a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal guy, and has been a leader in in that area of the state for sure for many years. So it'd be great to have
2: him. Uh, Come join us in the southeast corner and, and help us out a little bit. You bet. And the Chris McDaniels, you know, he's bucking the system, the AD at Kikana. He is bucking the system, and he's saying, look, we're playing. We're, we're doing that. And uh, he's going to be really uh, interesting, I think, for us as well. And then uh, Patrick Barron who, from Fastback Physical Therapy, they're a sponsor. They're a partner with us on this show and for him to talk a little bit about the physical side of this for kids. Are, are we are we trying to rush kids once we start? You know, is it, is it too quick to, to play? Is it the same amount of time? You know, that kind of stuff, and we'll ask you on, on some of that, Ryan. And Patrick's got, you know, he played. He was a high school football player. And uh, at Fastback Physical Therapy, they're over in New Berlin. He'll have some pretty good tips for us as coaches and players and, and parents to make sure our kids stay healthy. And then, you know, Coach Hensler is just excited to come on and say, hey, look, we, we got the okay, and we're playing fall football. And then Jim Norris from Grafton High School will join us and then our UW Credit Union Team of the Week. Show will go quick. He is Ryan McMillan, my co-host, the AD from Muskego. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented. By your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented as always by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My co-host is the athletic director at Muskegon High School. You know, um, Ryan, anytime you get a chance to spend a few minutes with a guy like Joe Labuda and a guy that's coached for as long as he has and the amount of success that he has had uh, in Menominee, um, well, you know, you take it. I, I begged him. I said, hey, can we get two segments with you? I think it's just really important that we, we talk to you about some of the things going on. And he said, of course. So we are joined uh, by the head football coach Menominee High School, he's Joe Labuda. Coach, how you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? I think we're doing really well. Hey, the the uh, the Big Rivers Conference moving forward, fall sports, and, and uh, the Eau Claire schools have decided that they are not going to uh, Eau Claire North, Eau Claire Memorial. They're going to take on the alternative schedule and play football in the spring. What does that do for that conference, and, and how is that going to affect uh, your schedule for the fall football
0: well we actually had superior as well not decide to go to the spring so what we did is uh river falls was initially going to be moved to the mississippi valley conference and they're going to stay more regional and stay with us so our our conference will be river falls and richmond and, and rice lake and then hudson chippewa and menominee we'll have the six of us and then we'll have to pick up other games as far as non-conference games so we'll have our six Big Rivers teams and then we'll have two others that we'll need and you know and everybody's different for us we just looked at it as logistically we did not think the spring was a good option for us we have the majority of our kids play multiple sports and the overlap between fall and spring would have really been tough let's face it where we're located you know up here in Menominee you know the field we don't have a, a turf practice field we play at the University in the stadium but as far as pre- daily practice, we practice on a grass, you know, practice field. And that grass field on March 8th is going to be in one of three conditions. It's either going to have snow on it or it's going to be rock hard frozen or it's going to be mush, you know, and two out of the three are dangerous.
2: Yeah, I, yeah 100%. I, I agree with that. Joe, how long have you been coaching at Menominee? Um, this was my 32nd year. 32nd year and, and a ton of success. Uh, up in that area, and and certainly throughout the state of Wisconsin. When you talk, when you say uh, Joe is coming on your show, people have a lot of questions, and they just go, man, that, that guy is one of the best in the state of Wisconsin. Um, you, you know, we were talking in the last segment, and Ryan McMillan, again, the athletic director at Muskego High School, is my co-host, and we talked about the mental health um, for these kids, and I'm wondering, Joe, if you might be able to talk a little bit about that side of it for these student athletes that are high school football players the, the the mental health part of it and and to get these kids kind of back to some sort of normalcy how important it is for for your kids up in that neck of the woods
0: I think it's extremely important and I think to be honest with you I think that largely played a, a role in the decision of whether to move forward with you know sports or not you know you know and it's one of those things I think our board our school board largely considered that you know and you know, I had the incidences, in, you know, ourselves and some of my assistant coaches, we really tried to keep track of the kids, you know, throughout the pandemic when they were at home, you know, when during those months of April and May. And, and there were kids that were struggling, you know, especially some of the kids that maybe didn't have quite the, the you know, parental backing and lived with a grandmother. And, you know, the grandmother was, you know, hesitant to let them out of the house because of their age. They didn't want them you know, contracting the virus and bringing it back. So, you know, we had kids that didn't see a lot of other kids during that time. And you were we were posting dumbbell workouts for them, and we had gotten dumbbells. And to each one of our kids, we had got a set of dumbbells. But uh, there's only so much of that they can do. And, and I think some of the kids were struggling from a, you know, mental health standpoint. And, and so to me, it's extremely important, way more than, you know, the athletic side of things. You know, yes, it's great for their bodies physically and you know it's great for them you know and there's a big connection obviously between physical activity and mental health but i think beyond that i think just being around teammates the social aspect of being a part of something being part of a team i think is extremely important for these kids and probably the number one factor that played into our our school board deciding to go
2: ahead with sports we are talking to joe labuda the head football coach menominee high school um ryan You know, I think when you hear Joe Labuda talk about that, I think that's uh, very similar to the things that you and I and and some of the other coaches have discussed the last couple of of weeks as far as the mental health of these kids.
3: Oh, 100%. And I think, uh, you know, when you start looking at at Coach's district and some of the districts more in the northwest corner of our state, uh, it's very different than the Muskego district that I'm in. Uh, right now today and and, you know if you ever listen to Clay Travis uh, I'll kick the coverage he was making a great point about how the rural communities are even more at risk than our suburban communities just due to the sport is what the kids know and do and and they go home they go to school and they play sports and you take the sports piece away from them a lot of them are looking around and and don't always have all of the uh, benefits that some of the other students or the, the affluent students may have uh, coming from those families or living on a lake or whatever it might be. Um, and and I, I just empathize with coaches. He, he's posting his workouts and doing those things. I can tell you um, a kid from a small town is going to be doing every single one of those and is, is waiting for the next one and, and hanging on every word that their coaches and teachers are saying and that's their life and that's that's all they know and that's what keeps them going every day, and I think it's it's phenomenal to hear that his school board recognized that and uh, give those kids the opportunity to get going again.
2: Hey, hey, Joe, can I ask you when when you guys were um, you know talking uh, amongst each other in the Big Rivers Conference, and and you probably had heard through Grapevine the Eau Claire schools were thinking about moving Superior was going to go. Um, you know, what did the athletic directors in the conference or the, the, the head football coach in the conference, was it, was there any talk uh, back and forth with these guys over at the Eau Claire schools?
0: Um, yeah, you know, Mike Sims the Eau Claire coach for Eau Claire Memorial, actually played for me and, you know, played on one of our state championship teams. So, you know, very close with him, you know, and he wanted to go fall, but he understands that. I guess their district looked at it as wasn't what was best for their district. I think everybody's gotta look at their own individual situation, you know. We looked at it, you know, from our standpoint as, you know, there was a lot of things about the spring season that didn't really help us a whole lot as far as, you know, it's our spring break, for example, fell the second week of practice. You know, like I mentioned before, we're a school that, you know, with only about a thousand kids. I'd say 80% of our kids are in a spring sport that are on our football team. And it's been really difficult to do to a baseball coach or track coach and say, hey, you're going to get your kids a month later, four weeks later after the season had started. And we didn't want to do that to our kids. And you know, But I still think it came back to what you initially pointed to a, was the mental health aspect. So everybody's a little bit different. I was just glad that we had enough of our teams able to, you know, so that we were able to schedule that we had six of us decide to play and, you know, that was a little concern at first, how many were we going to get to play and so, you know, were we going to have enough to have a schedule without having to range too far away, you know, because, you know, you want to stay fairly regional because, like, our county, Dunn County, does not have a lot of cases and so you don't want to range too far away. know, you have to respect everybody's opinion and, you know, I think for some people they felt like, Spring was their best interest for us. We just thought it would be kind of logistically very difficult for us, so we decided to move ahead with the fall.
2: Hey, Coach, how hard will it be for you to, to to schedule those two non-conference games? Um, we're
0: kind of working on that right now, and and I think there's a few teams we're talking to. We're pretty close to, you know, finishing that up, and you know, we might have to go, you know, an hour and a half away or so on, just because we normally have to anyway with our non-conference games, you know, because of where we are and you know, where we're located in the state, there's not a lot of big schools around. in our league already. You know, So normally our non-conference games are an hour and a half away anyway. So we may be in that situation where we have to go an hour and a half away. You know, one thing we're doing a little bit differently is we're going to probably scrimmage one of the teams in our league that we play last where normally we would travel somewhere an hour and a half away. And we thought to start off with, let's not travel right away and if we're so for scrimmage we're just going to scrimmage somebody you know in our league relatively close
2: yeah i think that's that's smart hey um ryan is the athletic director at muskego uh, how difficult would that be if you were the ad at, at uh, up at uh, menominee trying to find not only are you looking for a school similar size but somebody that's not afraid you know doesn't want to come in and, and, and play Menominee and, and Coach Labuda, who's had a tremendous amount of success, um, it, would it be difficult, do you think, to find two non-conference games? Well, I think
3: it can definitely be a challenge. I, I liked what he said about the scrimmage because, honestly, what he said about the scrimmage is where we started off You know, in Waukesha County and in Eden, the Class gate, We just said we're going to take our uh, week 8 or 9 or 7, however you look at it, and we we're going to move it to the front and just scrimmage that opponent. To get something going because your other statement of does people feel like they can, could they walk into that venue and be competitive and right. or win and that's that weighs in on everybody's uh, thought process and there's some people that have made the decision to go to spring because they believe they can go play and win in the spring and they don't want to necessarily play the people in the fall oh. um, and, and that's that's a little disheartening as well um, but yeah it, it, there's no doubt it's going to be a challenge I'd be curious to know like uh, you know where coach and or his AD have started calling and and who are the options and, and or they probably have you had to wait uh, to this point to figure out exactly who's in and who's out because we still have what three more days and, and people can declare and before you actually really know.
0: And, and I think that's a really good point. That's kind of the position our ED has taken As you know, a couple teams have flipped just in the last few days that were going to go spring and flipped back and, you know, and kind of, I think, reevaluated things and decided, looked at their county numbers as far as what were coming in, as far as cases, and, and flipped back to the fall. And so there's a few more teams available now. I think the last stat I saw was 67% of the schools are going to play in the fall. So that's kind of why I think they waited a little bit. Everybody's you know, kind of waiting to see, you know for sure who's in and out because you don't want to make that schedule and then all of a sudden somebody decides to go the other way and go spring or somebody that could have been closer flips and decides to go fall so i think you're exactly right i think it's kind of a wait and see situation at this point
2: hey last question joe before we get to a break will will you guys i don't know what the state of minnesota is doing at this point i'm sure that you do are they playing uh at the same time that wisconsin is
0: they're going spring and they did some some different things you know they they had a lot of Zoom conferences with their coaches and stuff throughout the pandemic. Probably more communication than we had. But uh, they're do- they're going spring, but they're allowing them to have twelve practices in the fall, and they can't play anybody. They can't go up against anybody oh. in the any other schools. But they're they're doing kind of basically what our Southwest plan was. Their their spring sports are going to move more into the summer. So there is no overlap, and I think that's kind of the biggest issue a lot of coaches have with what our spring option was this year. Especially coaches of our, or schools of our size and smaller that have a lot of multi-sport athletes, that four-week overlap would have been tough. And so, and and it starts later, like March eighth. To me, it was awful early to start, especially with the weather we get up here. And so, the Minnesota one they start later than what we're gonna, what we're going to start, and then they go you know later, and then they, their spring sports move to the summer for one year. <laughs> And so theirs is very close, not quite, but similar to what we had in place for the Southwest Plan. And then they also allow them to have 12 practices just to kind of really keep. And I think those 12 practices are more for not so much preparing you for the spring as keeping contact with your kids, that right. fact, that mental health aspect of guys getting to keep touch with their kids and get, be around their guys a little bit, but not have to go to another community where they may contract from a different community.
2: And the idea then of, of trying to get a, a non-conference game from a team from Minnesota is off the table. So that, yep. that, we, that makes it more difficult for you. Correct.
0: And we, and we, through the years, have played a lot of Minnesota teams because it's actually closer for us to go that way than it is toward you know, the eastern or southern part of the state. So throughout the years, we have played a, some really great games against some really competition. You know, you know several years, we played in the state championship the team we opened the season with in a non-conference game played in the state championship in Minnesota, so that's, that's kind of a great opportunity for us to play some really competitive teams, but that will not be an option this year.
2: He is Joe Labuda. We're going to hold him over for one more segment and continue to talk about uh, that, that part of the state and what's going on in his conference, which is the Big Rivers uh, Conference. Again, Joe Labuda, head coach at Menominee. Ryan McMillan, the athletic director at Muskego, is my co-host. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local Pick and Save Stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Uh, Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local Pick and Save Stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver, my co-host, the Athletic Director at Muskego. He's Ryan McMillan and our guest Joe Labuda, head football coach at Menominee, and uh, congratulations on being put in the Hall of Fame. That thing got messed up too, coach, didn't it?
0: Oh, I think that means you're just getting old.
2: <laughs> is that well? If that's what it is, I say congratulations to that. Yeah, and thank I, you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You bet. I want to uh, also say hello to uh, Chuck Bova, who is a uh, football ex, former, former football coach here in this area, and. He uh, lives kitty-corner from me, and I took a step to get some fresh air, and he's like, hey, aren't you on the air? And I'm like, no, it's during the break. He goes, I'm listening. Tell Coach Labuda he's uh, one of the best. So I want to say hi, thanks for listening to uh, Chuck Bova. Hey, um, Ryan, when you had said some of the teams that, um, that you know have decided to go to the spring for competitive reasons, have they come out and said that, or is that just something that's talked about, like behind the scenes? Uh, They have
3: not been forthright about it, obviously, at least not at the AD level. Um, However, you know, everyone is connected, and coaches uh, are connected to to various different staffs, and, you know, a friend confides in one and confides in another, Um, but uh, there's definitely some processes and and procedural type things that are are going into it, and, uh, again, it's a tough time for everybody, and everyone wants to try to win, and you're going to feel better when you win, right? Right. Um, so having to coach and, and teach uh, rejection or, or loss, and some of those things are, are tough, and that might be some of the toughest pieces of coaching is, is keeping kids and, and people moving through some of those those difficult losses in the athletic venues. So it's not an easy decision. I don't think uh, anyone's taking it lightly, but that's definitely a piece of the, the factor in in certain people's head but no one's come out and told me directly uh at least not at the athletic director level but there's uh there's
2: there's definitely some uh where there's smoke there's fire let's put it that way hey ryan and i've gotten some calls on that and some text messages on that as well where people have said look you know just you know this is why this is going on over there and, and and you know that that uh That would upset me. That would, I think, you know, to be competitive, to to have your kids feel better, to have your program look better, um, by doing it that way I I don't think is sending the correct message to these kids. Um, And and the way that you're messing with some of the other schools in your conference, I think that, uh, that that is not good for for your kids, for your program, are certainly not good for your conference. But that's just me getting on a mountaintop and, and, and talking about that part of it. Hey, hey, Joe, um, before we, uh, we got to cut you loose, uh, you guys up in Menominee, you don't start playing tackle football until what age?
0: We don't until the eighth grade, and we haven't for 30 years. I mean, since I've been here in the, in the 32 years I've been here. So it, I know that's a trend now for a lot of people but it's what we've always done. And I think that's why we've had the high numbers we've had in our program is it's just always been my philosophy. And it kind of started when I was in Florida, you know, and coaching in Florida right out of college. I saw some really bad things go on at at kids getting coached at the fifth grade level, the wrong way, and not being taught to be tackling right away and overzealous parents coaching kids at the fifth and sixth grade level. And, So when I became a head coach, I decided that's something that I didn't really want to see happen. So when I came to Menominee, we have a situation where what we put in is, so for kindergarten through third grade, we have what's called little punters, and it's just basically teaching the skills of the game and making little kind of interactive games for them, like with three, four kids at a time. Then they move at fourth and fifth grade, and we have a flag football league, and that's coached by our players on Saturday morning. So all our players become coaches on Saturday morning and the kid, our kids love it as much as the little kids do, and little kids look up to those, those high school players. And then at the 6th and 7th grade level, then they're in a 7-on-7 seven seven league at night, and those are coached by former players that are adults now in the community. And now those are in the evenings. And then finally when they're in the 8th grade, we they finally get to put the pads on. They're hungry to put the pads on. We have a, a lightweight heavyweight team. doesn't matter how good you are. It's strictly by weight. The teams we play are all the same way. And so... uh it doesn't chase kids away at that early age. The first time they're going in contact, they're going against somebody their own size and a lightweight heavyweight team. And, uh, you know, we get a large number of kids out for eighth grade football. And I think, it's, you know, that's transpired in the, the numbers we've had throughout the year for, you know, being a division two school, the amount of kids we've had out.
2: You know, we had John, we always have you on every year on the WFCA show. And you made a comedy either last year or the year before. And you said, look, if I've got, you know, if I've got 45 kids, or 50 kids that are playing all the way through and they play together at 8th grade. I normally have 45 or 50 kids that then play at freshman because they're not afraid of it at that point. You know, they they're not it's not like they're in 5th grade and they get scared because they get tackled or they're afraid to tackle. We, they they learn the game and then we teach them how to 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 tackle and and, and get the physical side of it. Where they're not afraid of it anymore, and I think that's you know that's really worked out well for you guys at Menominee.
0: And it's really interesting. We kind of talk about it as a coaching staff all the time. Some of our, our really good players that have even gone on and been great college players were lightweights, and we always wonder, you know, what they have stayed with it. if they got you know pounded at by a bigger kid. Some of them, kids' bodies change so much at that age. You know, we've had kids that were so tiny when they were in eighth grade and they played on the lightweight team. But all of a sudden their body kicked in and they became, you know, they grew and they, you know, they are late developers. And they, by the time they were sophomores, they started really looking like football players. And all of a sudden their junior year, they just bloomed and t- take off and be even have become scholarship players. And they they might have been a lightweight, you know, player on the eighth grade team that at that point you looked at and never would have guessed that they're the players they
2: are. Unbelievable. players. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Uh, just so you know, our next guest is Chris McDaniels. He's the athletic director at Kakauna, and they're in the Fox Valley Association, and they're going to play in the fall. They're the only team from that conference that said, you know what? We're going to figure this out. We're going we're gonna to attempt to play in the fall. And, And we'll have to find some games, but we'll find out from the AD at Kakauna on the other side of the break how that decision was made, what kind of uh, support he's getting from the community, the parents, and the kids at Kakauna. Hey, Joe Labuda, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good luck this season, Coach. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You got it. Take care, Coach. Thank you very much. Again, that's Joe Labuda on the other side of the break. Chris McDaniels. He's the AD at Kakauna. You know, Fox Valley Association, Ryan. He, he, he's going to have his hands full and trying to fill his schedule and, and making sure that, uh, you know, the community is, is, is backing him. But we talk about as an athletic director, you have to be a leader. you got to be willing to lead, and he certainly is doing that.
3: Yeah, 100%. He, uh, and, again, he's watched the dominoes kind of fall behind or around him with a little to no warning. And uh, they've stayed true to their why, and, the, and their why is the kids and um, some of the other things that uh, logistically happened, and we'll, we'll hear from him in the next segment about those. But, uh, you know, you got to applaud it. He, he's, he's working, and uh, that's the biggest piece is our people showing up and getting to, back to work and, and helping others, uh, you know, do the same. And, uh, but be safe and be responsible, civically responsible along the way, and I think, uh, I think that's what we're
2: going to hear from Kekona here coming up. Yeah, I look forward to that. We will get to uh, to Chris McDaniels. And I, again, want to thank Joe Labuda uh, for his time. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, the Fan. Welcome back to the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. I'm Mike McGivern, AD from Muskego. Is my co-host, he's Ryan McMillan. We're now joined by the Athletic Director of Kakauna High School. He is Chris McDaniels, and they are part of the Fox Valley Association and uh, all the other teams, Appleton East, Appleton North, Fond du Lac, Kimberly, Nina, Oshkosh North, Oshkosh West. They've all said, hey, we're going to move to the spring. Kakana and Chris McDaniel says, "You know what? Hold on a second. Wait, I think we're going to play in the fall, and and I really appreciate a few minutes of your time, Chris. How you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, appreciate the invite, guys. Look forward to being yeah. on. You bet. Thank you so much. Hey, um, what has the community of Kakana, the 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 parents, the players, the uh, the school itself, um, what kind of response have you gotten as the athletic director saying, you know what, we're going to buck the system in the Fox Valley? association this year we're going to try to play this uh this football in the fall like it should be
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of concerns about who we're going to play you know and that's still something we're working through on what that is but that really was a big part of why we're moving forward um we surveyed our all of our fall sport parents and just simply asked would they rather go the alternate season or would they rather stay in the fall and Um, pretty much every sport was overwhelmingly showing that they wanted to stay in the fall season so it just seemed like a really strong desire heard a lot from parents just about how their kids are doing and just that you know desire of yeah they want to do sports and you know they want to play football but they want to do it now too you know and get going.
2: Hey hey, Ryan and and Chris I'm going to ask both you guys this and I'll start with you Chris do you think that the athletic directors at the other schools, and you might now know this, or you might, uh, other schools in the Fox Valley Association did the same thing where they sent that out um, to the parents and families in the program?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about the other. I know that was, you know, Mark Durwachter, our superintendent, um, you know, is a great advocate for co-curriculars. And that was, as him and I talked, we just kind of looked at each other as we're getting ready to talk to our board is, what you know, what do our parents think? Because you hear from both sides, and. You know, we all get emails and have conversations, but it, it was really helpful for us to have that information and um, know what our community felt, or at least the majority did.
2: Hey, Ryan, I think that was a really good move on their part, and, I, and I'm wondering if you know, have most of the programs um, in, in the state of Wisconsin, did, have they done that, or have they just uh, made the decision on their own? I think it's been a case-by-case case basis.
3: I think those that have made the decision uh, later uh, have, but again, you know, with, like from Mosquito's standpoint, we didn't have to. To be completely honest, I had to. I had to tone our parents down back in uh, back in April when they were were fit to be tied in terms of. Uh, uh, contacting leadership at, at the state level and at our district level and some of those things and I said just just be patient Let us keep working through this We'll, we'll get to a place that allows our kids to be be happy and healthy, but we don't know what we don't know yet And, and we'll get there and I think we We had some trust in Muskego so we kind of knew exactly where our parents were at right off the get-go, but I think if you have a little bit more, I'm going to use the word contentious, and that might not be the right way, word, but contentious school board or unsure, I think it's very smart to go out and, and gather uh, that feedback. And the one thing is, as soon as you ask the question, you got to be okay with the answer, too. So if right. your community comes back and says, no way, Jose, well and you really thought that uh, you, you wanted to get going, well, you, you probably can't then, and you gotta listen to your community, but if your community says yes, you know, then I think you gotta follow your community's wishes that way too, otherwise you can be in a political nightmare uh, if you go against them after asking them their opinion.
2: Hey, uh, Chris, and again, we're joined by Chris McDaniels, he's the Athletic Director at Kokona High School. It looks like um, that the school board in Kokona passed it seven to zero. So there wasn't any. It wasn't four to three. It wasn't even six to one. It was seven to zero that they made the decision to move on with fall sports. Correct? Yep, that's correct. So it was unanimous across the board there. Um, were you at that school board meeting?
1: Yeah, there was. So I had a presentation that uh, gave our parent survey. You know, we talked about. You know, we we opened on July first with some you know limited things as I know a lot of schools did. So I think we learned a lot. From July 1 to this part, as far as how we can operate, you know, and the different mitigation things we can do. And, you know, like every community, we have cases, you know, of COVID, but we were able to not have issues at the school um, during the summer. So I think that helped. And um, we, at, at our meeting, we had two parents that were more talking from the academic side, but also about co curriculars that talked in open forum about just their students' mental health. And then Having what the WIA gave us from Dr. Tim McGuine and his presentation from the Board of Control was something that we shared with our board, too. And I think, you know, I think that hit home with a lot of them, too, of just that balance of the benefits we know of co-curriculars in school versus the risk of COVID. And that's really the question each district kind of has to ask themselves right now.
2: Hey, um, how much contact did you have with the head football coach? I think it's Coach Binsfield. Um, was he completely um, on board with this? Was he uh, really hoping that you guys would get a chance to play in the fall? And then will will you be able to? Will he be able to help you try to find games for for that uh, that schedule?
1: Yeah, definitely. Matt uh, Binsfield is, you know, he. Had great success that writes down him and I actually got hired the same year. This is our fifth year for both of us, for both Kekona grads. Um, he's been a great, great resource through this whole thing. And I mean, when you say contact, it's, it's hourly and that's, you know, really kind of how it is. And with all our fall coaches, I've tried to stay as connected as we could with this, but um, yeah, with Matt, you know, he's got networks, just like all football coaches do that we've been trying to work through to try and find um, different games. But, you know, he's a, it, it's been a tough thing because we're trying to balance, like I said, those two sides of the risk plus the benefits. And, you know, just like everyone else, we both kind of teeter-tottered as we went through and then um, decided to move forward. So yeah, he's been fantastic through this whole thing.
2: Chris, are you hearing from any of the other ADs or coaches in the Fox Valley Association that they still, there's still three days, for them to, to, to make a final decision. And I know that, and and Ryan had talked about it early in the show, uh, and Coach Labuda talked about it from up on nominee, that there are some schools that are starting to waffle a little bit and starting to make a decision, hey, maybe we will um, go to the fall. Do you know, and you don't need to name them, but do you know of any schools in the Fox Valley that are thinking about maybe um, changing their mind in this? No, I think they're all they're all set. All of
1: our other conferences had a school board decision. Um, and that just, I don't see is going to change. You know, you have our Appletons are, you know, two of our schools, East and North, and they're in an all virtual environment to start, uh, their school year. So that kind of sealed their fade that way, I think, in regards to football. So, no, I think we're, I don't see any situation that arise where we'd have anyone else in the FBA, um, competing. I think they're all pretty set in their ways as they move forward.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Chris, and, and, and I know Ryan would say the same thing as a fellow athletic director. You know, good luck good luck trying to get that schedule together. And, uh, you know, um, we're talking to Joe Labuda, Menominee's looking for a game, so you might want to give them a call. I know that's a really long way for you guys, but, man, oh, man, there's, there's going to be a chance for you to put together a pretty decent schedule. I think there might be some travel involved, and uh, you, your kids will get a chance to see – you know, all kinds of different parts of the state that maybe they haven't seen before.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to create some opportunities, like you said. I mean, even in our other sports, it's, you know, there's programs that we just haven't seen before, and, you know, kind of back to the FDA, too, I do want to say that they're all super supportive of what we're doing, and I think they want to see it go well in fall, because that's going to set them up for winter, and, you know, to be able to go to their school boards and say, hey, look, it can be done. So, while it's not always easy to be the one (laughs) doing those things, it's, uh, you know i think we feel like we're doing the best, the right thing for our kids and our community and hopefully we can you know show other people in the area and around the state that yeah this can be done you know in a certain way
2: you know as Ryan mcmillan has talked about the last couple of weeks that it you know you got to be a leader as the athletic director you've got to be able to to uh, to say okay this is the direction we're going to go now and uh, chris mcdaniel's at Kakanah- yeah you bet appreciate the time thank you guys you bet uh, he is, again, Chris McDaniels, the Athletic Church at Kikana. We're going to get to a break. Patrick Barron owns a Fastback Physical Therapy. He is a partner and a sponsor of this show. They're located in New Berlin. We're going to talk to him a little bit about, you know, this part of it, yeah, trying to keep kids healthy, and if kids are playing in the spring, that turnaround time to then having to come back and play in the fall of 2021, how difficult that's going to be. Again, Patrick Barron, Fastback Physical Therapy will join us on the other side of the break. This is the Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. The
2: deep left-side field, it is high, it is far, it is God.
0: Stream minor league affiliates.
2: The Midwest League home run leader.